because he sure missed you. It's the Taryn Show. The Taryn Show. Now he's all booted up and ready to go. It's the Taryn Show. A simple name. We're a simple guy with a simple face. It's the Taryn Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taryn Show. This week, I am talking with a, a YouTube star. It is Peridium. Peridium from YouTube. He uh, he runs a a channel that talks primarily about Survivor and Big Brother. Little video essays on the show. It's it's very very good. I also play uh, Among Us slash Goose Goose Duck with him every weekend over on Twitch. Uh, he's uh, he's a great guy, and I had a lot of fun talking to him. So here we go. Let's talk with Peridium. So Peridium. Uh, is is not your real name? <laughs> uh, no, not it's not my birth certificate. <laughs> uh, who who are you really, Peridium? I'm just a guy doing things, making videos on the internet, hanging out in a weird neon room. <laughs> you can't you can see it, but I know this is audio. But yeah, uh, who am I really? I don't know. Miserable pile of secrets, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I originally, the original rough draft of what Peridium came to be was actually just my real name, mm-hmm. which is why like my Twitter handle is my real name. My Instagram handle is my real name. Uh, it's just the YouTube thing that everyone knows me for is not my real name. So I've never really like shied away from using my real name. Um, it just eventually turned into something else. And that's what, eventually got me in some ways here talking to you today but uh yeah but you know who am i uh uh, my real name is billy and i make youtube videos for a living on survivor and big brother yeah well how did uh how did that start oh boy um i it started a while ago i mean it, it started originally in 2017 that was when i made my first video five years ago four and a half years ago but it goes way before that. Like I got into survivor. Uh, I watched the original seasons, loved it, but then dropped out of it. Like most of America, I think came back into it in 20, 2009. Uh, I, I became a huge fan of RHAP right after that in 2010, when Rob started his thing that really sucked me. And I think that gave me, got, gave me a lot of life um, diving deeper into it. And then it, 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 there's a lot of steps to get to there if we want to go over it. But for the most part, like, yeah, it was just this passion for the show. I say it's like happenstance kind of, it was a lot of different circumstances aligning at the same time to create like the perfect storm, uh, which then started in 2017 and has continued every, every week since then. So that's, that's, yeah, that's like the cliff notes version of it. Yeah, well, like, uh, so I think I think a lot of people, obviously, especially listening to this podcast, can relate to, you know, the journey of of finding Survivor, Big Brother, kind of like uh, falling in love with it or or whatever, maybe falling in hate with it, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, but uh, but what what made you go from from just enjoying the show to uh, making videos about it? Were you somebody that made videos before? Like uh, like where did it come from? Yeah. Um, so I, I've enjoyed, I've always viewed, like I was, I grew up in school loving to write. That was like my big thing. I wasn't so big on math or any of the, like writing was my thing and I always enjoyed writing. And so when I got in, got, uh, involved in survivor, I was loving it. It became a hobby. 
I enjoyed starting to like write about it and get involved in like the fan forums. And I eventually started writing long form thoughts and analysis to communicate with groups of people who are also fans. And that eventually I got so into it. I started like a, a little like WordPress blog where I would just sort of chronicle my thoughts on the episodes uh, and other stuff too. I wasn't just writing about survivor, but that was one thing I was consistently writing about because it was always on. And eventually that led into like, I became more fascinated in the edit of the show and trying to like crack down on like the clues and the narratives and the foreshadowing and all the storytelling bits that come into like editing this, this reality game uh, and trying to find the winner too. I thought that was really cool being able to like find the killer in the first chapter or the winner in the first episode or something. I thought that was just like a fascinating game within a game. Uh, and now we have Jeff hyping up the game within a game within a game, but you yeah. know, um, and the, that led to, I started a website based on my analysis to better like organize my data and my thoughts on everything. And it was also like flashier. I thought it'd be easier for other people if they wanted to. And it, it really, like it, it starts with just me being a huge fan, wanting to share my thoughts, uh, collect all this information. I, I don't know. Like I'm really like, I have a lot of, uh, uh, I keep things to myself. I'm more introverted. I'm more of a wallflower than anything. I think for the most part, but I also can have really, really strong opinions on a select few things that I, that I really enjoy. And I had accrued up to this point about eight years of opinions on these very niche specific subjects of Survivor, Big Brother, uh, rea- these reality game shows. And I was like, how do I like, talk, like listening to Rob talk every week and all these other people involved? I'm like, I don't know if I can fully get on a podcast like what we're doing here and like because i'd never done that but i'm like but i can write and i know how to write and i have a strong writing voice i always know that i've always been told that and i just believe it uh and i love the write. so it turned into a website and then really like the perfect storm of it was that i ended up getting my master's in broadcast journalism which uh, if you haven't ever done broadcast journalism like 75 percent of the course was just video editing Mm-hmm. So like 25% of that was filming and then going back into the editing suite. And then the rest of it was just spent editing, learning how to take all the stuff we shot, putting it into a package for either radio or TV or for the news. Um, and so I learned how to edit and I, I had that skill in mind. Uh, I had my, I was also somewhat in college interested in acting. I enjoyed the idea of like walking in someone else's shoes and trying to like m- somehow get into that mindset. I thought I found that very captivating to be honest, like that really drove me. Uh, I don't know where that stems from, but I, I enjoyed it. And there was this idea of performing, but also combining my skill of writing with editing, uh, my knowledge of editing, learning how to edit, and then uh, my passion for survivor. And also there was nobody doing it on YouTube. And I've been watching YouTube videos on and off for a long time. And uh, I've been listening to other channels who talk about other video subjects that are like sort of what I cover, but not for Survivor, for mm-hmm. movies or TV or video games or whatever you want to talk about. And I was like, nobody's really doing this for Survivor, but there's like 35 seasons at that point. There's a lot of content. And same thing with Big Brother. There was, I think, uh, in 18, 19 seasons. I'm like, there's a lot of content, but we only really get like compilation videos. You know, like nobody's really covering the show in this small like 15 10 15 minute like hyper focused subject matter uh, of a video where people sit down analyze compile data draw conclusions and then make like a somewhat entertaining video about it um for 10 or 15 minutes uh, there's a lot of podcasts and i love the podcast but i was like nobody's really doing it on youtube 
And this was back in uh, 2016. And so I was just like, maybe, maybe I could do that. Maybe it's, maybe it's pot, maybe it's not possible. I mean, that's why nobody's done it. Maybe like there's no audience for it. Maybe there's CBS like squashes down it right away. I don't know. But I eventually just, uh, I just said, you know, I'm going to go for it and, and just see what can happen from it. And it, it took off. So that was a long, that was a long form answer. <laughs> no, no, that's, I mean, that's what we're here for. I, you know, it's, it's cause it's funny. Cause I remember, um, like shortly after I started doing the podcast, um, <clears throat> talking to Rob, I had gone to LA, um, with Rob uh, to, to like to see Rob for the first time in person. Um, and, uh, like I was, I was full of ideas back then about like, uh, like different things that we could do and different things that we could try. Um, and I had brought up like, you know, like those, um, like video essays for, cause at the time, like every, every frame of painting was uh, yeah. that was, what is yeah. right? Every frame, Every of, frame of painting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I loved that. I loved that channel. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the guy's doing other things now. It's not as good. Uh, no. but, um, <laughs> you know, I was, I really loved that channel. I was like, uh, I bet like something like that could be done for, for big brother. But like, I never had like, um, the time, like as a live feed person, like, you know, just doing the live feed updates all the time. Um, and also like, I was like, um, like I, like I, I was in, I was a video editor and that was what I did for a living. But, uh, I was like, I don't want to have to go through footage and like, like I'm used to just talking about things like that's way too much work. Um, but, uh, but I remember thinking like, that would be so cool if somebody did that. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then it, it was a while later that, uh, I started, you know, people started, Oh, have you checked out this guy, Peridium? Um, and I was like, Oh, they're like, that sounds, that sounds like the thing that I felt like that, like this could be awesome. Um, <laughs> and it exactly was. And like you, you perfectly, I think, um, you know, encapsulate what, uh, what kind of analysis people are looking for in, in these shows, uh, in your videos. And, um, you do like, uh, like a much better job than I, than like, uh, than even like, I think I am in, envisioned, right? Like, um, oh. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I, 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 I think it's so, so cool that like you saw that, uh, that opening and, and, you know, you just, you just took it. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the compliments. Uh, I, I did wonder, I was like, I, when did you start getting into live feed updates, by the way? Do you, do you place that? 2015. 2015. Um, 2015. Okay. Yeah. And I think, so I think it was around 2016 that I had that conversation with Rob. So it was it's very <laughs> funny that it was like right around the same time. Yeah. For me, it was between, uh, so I can oftentimes, cause I'm such a survivor of that. I can date my life based on like what season it was on air or big brother. Uh, and so it was between 32 season 32 and 33 co-wrong millennials gen X. And I remember that summer being like a summer of 2016 being like, you know, I think I have this idea. It's always happens. Like I have, I have, I'm married. I have a wife whenever she, she, she's from the UK and she occasionally will travel abroad and spend a week or two back home with her family. Uh, it was harder for me at the time to go do that, take a couple of weeks off um, and go abroad, but she would go. And whenever she leaves me alone, that's when I start to like think up crazy ideas or I start to get in my own head. I have a lot of free time to like mm-hmm. not pay attention to anything else and just sort of sit in my room. And, and that's when I came up with this idea of like, what if I moved from like this website, which was so time consuming to run? Like I didn't realize I jumped into building my own website and I had a functioning website, but 
And this was back in 2015, 2016, but I was like, wow, this is, this is so time consuming and there's just very little payoff. And like, I'm a big fan. I want to be able to make it regardless of the payoff, but also uh, like on some hand, it does nice to have, it's nice to have your time be compensated a little bit. Um, and, you know, I never envisioned at the time that I would be doing it full time, that I'd be doing this every day, uh, year in and year out, uh, week in and week out. But, um, but yeah, it, it started then in 2016, had this idea. And the funny thing is I actually did start a different YouTube channel before I started Peridium. And I actually had a couple of survivor videos and I had one survivor, one big brother video. And those were the first ones on the, on that channel. I still have them. I've never shared them with anyone. It's me in front of the camera talking oh, yeah. uh, instead of the uh, narrating over footage, mm-hmm. which I thought was more like copyright safe. And it's also like, I kind of, when I first jumped into YouTube was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know exactly how to do any of this stuff. I wasn't really big on social media. I didn't have, I didn't have much of a concept of like what I was doing at the time. And I ended up deciding to position whatever the brand or whatever you want to call it. Uh, about me first instead of survivor big brother because i thought if i can grow an audience or have an audience or i don't even know what i was thinking this is this is six years ago but Mm -hmm. like if i can find something that's more me people will follow me no matter what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. but i realized really quickly it took me less than six months to find out that i just i didn't care to talk about myself yeah it's just i don't know i just got really bored of forcing and trying to find ways to make myself more interesting than I was. (laughs) I was just, it's just like, I can't, I'm forcing it. It's like, sometimes something's interesting, but that doesn't mean I have to share it. And even if I did, like, I don't know, it was just, it was a weird, my wife was kind of like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm, this is really embarrassing. Like filming myself doing things. I don't know. It was just weird. And so I, but I'm like, I started with the survivor big brother videos. Those were the very first two on that channel. And those were two of the best uh, videos performance wise. I took the channel down and I came back to it a year later. And that was like, you know what? I think my first idea was the better idea of the bunch. And that's what ended up getting me to jump back into survivor big brother um, and, and go with that. And I just said, all right, here we go. Like I'm passionate. I think this can work. Uh, and it, and it, you know, it has so far, I said every single week, I'm going to release a new video and I have, and I've stuck to it. And I, like, I appreciate, like, again, I say pull from Rob is a huge source of inspiration was like, if you can consistently just produce content and, and you enjoying it and it doesn't feel like you're forcing it and you, it, and it's worth some quality, some value. I'm like, that is so impressive to me. I want to be able to do that. And so far, four and a half years later, I haven't missed a week. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm really glad that I went with it back then and I'm, I'm happy to be here today. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. You, you talk about like, uh, like not wanting to, uh, have to try to be interesting. Like that's always been my, my thing too. It's just like, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and like, like some, like some people have maybe found it weird, but like, I like, I like, I just, I don't really uh, outside of this podcast where I'm opening up more to people. Um, like I don't, I like, I don't really talk too much about like myself and like, I tried to, to like, you know, it may, it's like people are not here for, for me. And some people, I know some, when I, when I, when I say that people. now, they're like, when I'm on Twitch or something, well, look, okay, if you're on Twitch, no, you're probably Karen. there for me. But like, yeah. uh, um, but like the reality is despite the protests, people are not really here for me. They're here for 
they're here for the the content, the Big Brother, Absolutely. the analysis, the, all of it, right? Um, and and I've always sort of like uh, been cognizant of that. And um, you know, I you know, it, it's it's a very different thing to be talking about uh, like yourself or trying to make yourself interesting. And I also feel like the, like um, like Big Brother, it's limited in the sense that you know, Big Brother or Survivor. You, you know, you can talk about that, but there are so many different ways that you can talk about these shows. Um, mm-hmm. so many different aspects between the competitions, the, all of the different social dynamics, um, how they relate to society and societal dynamics and gender dynamics and, you know, racial, uh, dynamics and all kinds of different things that come from the show that are real. And then there's also tons of goofy, dumb stuff that happens in the show as well. And so there's mm-hmm. so much you can talk about in that scope of things. Um, I feel like when you try to talk about yourself, it's like it only you're only one person. Like it only goes so far, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would say I like it's crazy how many ways I've been able to slice. Like if you told me five years ago, I would be running on 250, 300 videos about two shows uh, I, I'm like, what am I even talking about at that point? <laughs> but I'm going to be honest, like 2021 was, uh, the best year for my channel year four out of five so far. Now I'm in year five of this and I still have so many ideas to get to that. Like I haven't even covered that much about the social dynamics, the social issues, at least mm-hmm. or the problems that come about. I haven't even dived into any of that. I don't know if I ever will or when I will, but still there, are, I have, a, I created before I ever made my first video, a long list, a master list of, 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 uh, of, of topics to cover. And honestly, even today, I don't think I've even gotten through half of them just because I've, I've kept adding so many new mm-hmm. ideas and new concepts um, and new fun. Sometimes they're stupid. Sometimes I made a video, I spent a whole week ranking the pizza on Survivor because yeah. it was April Fool's Day. And why not? You know, and, you know, it was funny. It's honestly one of my favorite videos. But uh, at the same time, it's 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 wild. Like, it's interesting. People don't I realized really quickly from the data I was finding, like, People do want to support the content, but they're also like not that interested in, in the person that much. Some are definitely some mm-hmm. are. And I really do appreciate those people uh, just because it's more personal. But yeah, they're there for like, I don't want to like uh, lose the plot. You know, they're here for Survivor Big Brother. I started because I'm here first. I remember one of the first comments I ever got on my previous channel was like when I was talking about myself, somebody left this comment being like, like you're, you're funny, whatever, nice compliments, but like you're ultimately... Uh, you don't really have a niche and you're just like one person in a sea of, of millions out there doing the same thing. So like, I don't know if you're going to ever like break out of it. And I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. Like I was just a couple of videos into my channel. So I was like, oh, that's discouraging, but also like kind of true. And the one thing I knew I had was this deep passion and uh, coverage and analysis of these shows. And I thought, God, that's, I think that's the angle I need to stick to. And whatever personality or, or, or individuality of who I am comes out through it in, in the cracks in between the videos or on social media, like I'll let that come through because that's mm-hmm. ultimately like what I'm doing and why I'm on social media in the first place. I'm not really here to talk about me very often. And I, and I usually don't, I almost never talk about, I don't post pictures about me uh, videos and I know that it could do well and I could maybe do something with that, but I'm like, I don't know. It's just not really what I'm into. I don't know. It's weird. 
No, yeah, it's it is, and like um, you're right that like it, it it like it can it can be successful at times to because like I, I don't really post pictures. I like I've tried I've tried Instagram so much, and like you know that's the thing. Like you do you do it, and but like for me, it's like it's just not natural for me to do. Like it's just it's not just, I can't. It's not part of who I am, and so even though I do sometimes try. It's just like, uh, like I can't be consistent with it because like the, like the, the kind of job that we do is, uh, is this weird thing where you, it has to come from a place of passion within yourself and it also has to resonate with enough people for it to be successful. And so you have to find the, in the Venn diagram where those things intersect. And so even if people are looking for more personal content, which most of the time they aren't, but even if they are, uh, if you're just, if you're just not somebody that is like, yeah, that's me, uh, you're not going to be able to be consistent with it enough for it to be successful or anything. Um, so like, you know, like I would, and, and I, in one third of all my Instagram photos are, are pictures of my cat, because if I was just posting what I would naturally, you know, take pictures of, it would just all be of my cat. Uh, and you know, that's, that's great, but not enough people, uh, would be into like some people would be, but not nearly enough for that to be worth spending time on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm in the same boat. I remember, I do remember on Instagram, I was around, it was years ago. I remember you posting pictures and I was like, I kind of felt the same way. I'm like, I can't post pictures of myself. Cause I just, I can't get through. I don't know. Like, and there's that whole, I don't know if people are really, uh, they're not really here for that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a consistent feature. And I thought one thing is consistent is I make YouTube thumbnails. I'm just going to post those to Instagram. Yeah. Uh, just to acknowledge that it's a platform that exists and I know people have to be on it. And I'm like, I guess for the 0.01% of people who come from Instagram, I'll, I'll update them. I'll let them know a new video is out. But for the most part, it's just not my territory. I did recently create a TikTok and I have zero intention of ever putting myself on it, but I will mm. post snippets of my videos. Yeah. If it means I can make a few pennies um, for the, the TikTok crowd out there, I guess uh, is just wild. But ultimately, yeah, I just I don't want, I don't think I, like I want, I'm a part of it. And for sure I'm, I'm like, I need to make it so that I knew from the very beginning, like when I'm making the videos, I need to inject myself in as much as possible in the sense that I'm like still talking about the shows, but this is something that you can't get anywhere else. I guess I was like, I want to make sure that this is like, this is Peridium's channel, Peridium's analysis, mm-hmm. my commentary, my like dumb sense of humor or whatever. And uh, you're not going to find that anywhere else on the internet. So that's like where my personality comes out a little bit. My, my weird observations or my dumb jokes or my bad delivery or whatever you want to say, you know, and I'm like, that's, that's the humanity of, of who I am behind the scenes, even though you don't really see my face or anything. So yeah, I don't know, but that's, that's like me uh, as far as the brand goes with the chess piece and the word Peridium slashed over it. That's, that's Peridium for the most part. <laughs> it's great. It's great branding. Uh, I love, I love the, I feel like it's, it's, um, it's it's a great logo because it really says i mean the the chess piece obviously but like it also just like uh it it says something about the channel um that it that it is about analysis and that you're looking at things um but then also like it's it's uh like then you go to the channel it's and it's not like uh like dry like you know whatever um it's like it's it's also fun and so i feel like um it's a it's a good blend it was, it was a little bit tongue in cheek, to be honest, because like, mm-hmm. I'm not that great of a chess player. Yeah. I've, yeah. Had people, I've had people reach out to me and be like, Oh, you played like, do you want to play or whatever? And I'm like, 
you would clobber me and it would be embarrassing. Uh, and to be fair, that's probably fair. Like, that's true. Like, I'm not a good chess player. And that was the point of the, the, the logo itself was tongue in cheek. I always thought of like in Survivor Cambodia, Spencer had this confessional where he's like, people aren't chess pieces. You don't win Survivor by viewing people as inanimate objects. And I thought that's, just, that's, that's so true. And then he went on to lose partially because I guess he, <laughs> I don't know, couldn't fulfill that. Um, but I always thought it was an interesting concept. And then there's obviously the queen chess piece is the biggest piece on the board, the strongest piece. Uh, and I, you know, like the word queen is thrown out a lot in the fandom online. And uh, this is five years ago. So I said, you know, what, let's, uh, let's do the queen chess piece as the logo. And then the word peridium, I get this asked all the time. Um, and do you know where the word peridium came from? I think I might have. Told I you. believe you've told me before, um, but I don't remember. I feel like if you start saying it, I'll be like, oh yeah, that makes that. that makes yeah, it was it was a it was a combination of yeah. uh, my wife's birthstone and my birthstone. Mm-hmm. Um, so peridot and diamond, and she was born in August. I was born in April, and boom, there you go. Just per- or or diadot could be all the the opposite version of me, I guess. Um, but yeah, peridium, <laughs> the, the dark version. <laughs> but yeah, I jokingly thought about that, like an alt channel. It's like a weird combination of the two words, but uh, yeah. So, but I mean, it was. It was it's a weird thing to be doing. And on some level, I still don't fully believe that I'm doing this every week. It's a strange phenomena. I enjoy it every day. I will say like, I do occasionally think like one day I'm going to look back and be like, God, those were such, such great days in my life that I don't have anymore. Cause now I'm working a different job that I don't enjoy as much or something. Mm -hmm. I just say like of all the jobs I've ever had in my life. And I've had a lot, like this one is by far my favorite. I love the idea of having full agency and autonomy of my day and being able to be in control, like being able to do whatever I want to do and need to do to make sure that I'm ahead, that I'm thriving. If I put in more time and effort uh, and I know that it can work out and uh, just, I don't know. I just, I'm really happy being able to do this. So I do worry that like, you know, one day this will be, this will be the glory days, the golden mm. days of life. I don't think so. Cause I want to believe that there's more out there. There's better things to come. Um, I don't even know if this is a temporary thing or like, will this be social media creation content, uh, creating content for the rest of my life? I don't know what's going to, what's going to look like, you know, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, the further we get, the less I have any concept of where I'm going exactly with this. So yeah, sort of flying by the seat of my pants. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, so how, how did it, how did it grow? Right. Because, um, you know, as you know, like anybody can just start making videos. Um, but like, when did it get to a point? Like you said, you wanted to commit to making one a week. Um, did you have a notion that it would be anything beyond just like, uh, like a fun project? And if so, like, uh, or if not, like, when did that, when did it change? Um, I remember when I first got into it, I didn't know what was capable or what, like if I was even ever going to have a video uh, using the footage, like when I first made the videos, I used only my face and I'm like, there's no way that's going to be a problem. 
But jumping into it, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get a f- one video up, let alone more than that. Um, I, so I remember the first time I got a copyright claim, I was mortified. I remember mm-hmm. literally where I was, like the time of day. It was, it was just like, I remember reading that and being like, my channel's over. We had a good run. Like I got a copyright claim. The video got blocked. I'm like, there's no reason why this won't happen ever again. Uh, and that was just ultimately me learning the ropes of how copyright claims work and that CBS doesn't really care. Actually, they're actually more friendly than anything to my channel. I think, uh, although I've never spoken to any of them, but, um, but the, the growth was just, I, I wanted to be consistent. I have seen other people in the past run social media. Uh, like people may not know this. My brother's on social media. He's been around for 10 years He's grown quite well, but then he also has made some huge errors in his career as a social media person. He he grew, he had over a million subscribers on YouTube. Um, he had a very legitimate channel. He was making killer bank for a good five years. And then it uh, sort of all came collapsing down. He's kind of reckless. He's like, he's a musician and he very much lives and dies by that. Like that's his dream. And so watching him do it, I sort of took pointers from like what I thought he wasn't doing right mm-hmm. when I started doing mine. And he didn't help me in any way other than maybe just putting it on my radar of a thing that's possible Mm -hmm. because most people don't really understand social media or like what it takes to do it every day or, or grow a channel. Like it, it, I wouldn't say it's like hard labor, but it's definitely hard. It takes a lot of time. Like Mm -hmm. I've never spent more time in my life doing any one thing than it, than running social media accounts uh, day in and day out. It's not, it's not stressful in a sense, but like, it's very much like wearing a blindfold and you just don't, I don't fully know exactly. And there's so much information, so many ways you can cut everything and, and go about it and analyze and draw conclusions from what's working, what isn't working. Uh, and then I don't, I don't know, like I, I also like try to make it, I try to put so much passion and, and, and care into like the edit that I snip together and the thumbnails. It just takes a lot of time, but I saw my brother making mistakes and I saw other people making mistakes and I thought one thing I want to do is be consistent at the very least have same update, same upload day, same, roughly same time. Uh, I decided that the day of the show is going to air, I'm going to air right before it the afternoon. So you can kind of watch my video and then watch the episode. Uh, that would be like a fun, like appetizer to the main meal. And I've still, I still stuck to that schedule. I still upload on Wednesday afternoons right before the survivor episode on Wednesday night or Thursday afternoon before the big brother eviction. Um, and I think that was like a key thing. I saw Rob doing it every week, uploading. I mean, he still does it like crazy. I, I feel bad. I more often delete the, the, the emails I get from his Patreon than I do end up <laughs> clicking on them because there's just so many. Yeah. And that's like, that's it. I admire it. I'm like, gosh, I could only dream to have that many, like that much content going out, I guess. Um, but nonetheless, either way it is what it is. He's, he's killing it, but I just consistency was one thing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I went off the rails with that answer. I just sort of went in so many directions. Well, no, well, like, so, so you started putting content out, like, um, you know, what was, what was the initial kind of, you know, response viewership? Uh, and like, when did that start to, to shift for you? Initial response was positive. I took my first few videos, posted them on Reddit, Twitter, but I didn't really have an audience for that. Um, people enjoyed it. It was small. I still have screenshots when my first video had less than a thousand views and I was working on the second one, just cataloging what that was like. Um, I didn't expect to, I didn't know what I was, what was possible. It started just as a passion project and it's remained a passion project, but 
I didn't go into it thinking this is going to eventually be my full-time job. This is something I'm going to be able to make money doing it in any capacity. I thought maybe like it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I didn't know I'd never made a dollar on, on social media, on my own content like that before. So on YouTube of all places. So when I first started doing it, I didn't know like where it was going to go, what was possible. Uh, I didn't think that I'd be here today uh, doing what I'm doing in any capacity. Um, and I eventually did eventually go full time uh, at the end of 2020, uh, December 31st, January 1st of 2021. So even then, I was I didn't make a single dollar on my YouTube channel for about a year making videos, and I didn't go full time until three and a half years into making videos. So I've only been doing this for a little over a year now, full time. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> well, what what went into that decision? Like, when did you start thinking may, maybe this can be a full time thing? I think it was when I started hating my day job. <laughs> like I got really sick of it working nine to five, uh, really dealing with the upper management, uh, finding it very, I've always had growing up. I've noticed like I always put pressure on my leaders or my bosses to do a good job of managing. And I always find them coming up short mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I've, and I don't think like, I don't think I have an issue with authority. It's just, I've always found them. It's just lack. And I find it somewhat incompetent. Like they can't juggle the, all the balls that they're throwing up in the air. Like, That's your job. Like you're, you're, yeah. you're my manager. I don't feel like you're doing it. And so I just got really frustrated and it was an increasing thing uh, for me. Like what the biggest catalyst was just getting oh incredibly frustrated with my boss at the time uh, in 2020. And also the job I had was trying to pivot with COVID coming into place. I worked from home mm-hmm. uh, before COVID. So for me, the adjustment wasn't difficult. I had already worked from home, which I think was also another huge like enabler of being able to make this content in the first place was mm-hmm. I was already at home. And so in the cracks of my day, I would occasionally start analyzing an episode of Survivor or whatever. And I would put that on the side. It was able to, I was able to mesh them together. Um, but the biggest thing for me to, to take the jump was like, I was doing financially successful enough on YouTube in 2020 where I felt like, all right, I do think there's a future. I think I can dump the like sandbags or take the backpack off. That's weighing me down and do a full on sprint, mm-hmm. um, with the social media uh, creation, content creation that I had at that time. And, you know, 2021, I said was the best year of my channel. And that was when I first started doing it full time. Um, so I feel like something was working. My wife got me a picture in the background that you can't really see. It's sort of fuzzy, but it's Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. And it said, she got me this right as, as I was strong. I spent, I spent months deliberating what I should do because leaving your day job and getting rid of that financial security, like I don't have benefits. I use her mm. benefits now, but we used mine at the time. Like that's a lot. I'd never done that before in my life. But she got me this picture that I still have. And uh, it's right next to my YouTube plaque that YouTube sent me. Um, and honestly, it's more important than that. And it was just simply don't... It says uh, never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Mm-hmm. And that was basically the logic that went into ultimately making the transition was like, I am basically half-assing two things in a way, even though I felt like I was putting in a lot of time into my channel throughout those three and a half years. But uh, now I'm full on, full, fully dedicated. So I think that was the biggest thing that got me realizing like this can work it was it was seeing the metrics work in my favor over the years seeing the interest even in spite of like many other content creators popped up in 2020 because of winners at war Mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm still doing really i'm doing better even and i'm like i was worried that for a while 
uh, one of the biggest problems was I was just the first, but I wasn't that great because there's no, there's no competition. There's nobody, there's nobody who's doing anything similar to what I'm doing. So maybe it's not that I'm good. It's just, I'm the only one there. (laughs) Um, and there is still that doubt sometimes like, am I, is this actually good or is it just like, it's just people are used to it. I don't know. I'm like, there's a, there's a quality versus like people are just used to hearing my voice. So they come back. I'll never know. And I just have to run with confidence, believing, hoping for the best. And there you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I think, I think like, uh, if anything can qualify as good, then, uh, then like, you know, what you're doing is right. Like, um, I'm like there, I, I cause I remember uh, like you, you were definitely, you know, the first that I heard of. Um, but you know, even, even like a long time ago, I know there were other people that were also trying similar things. Um, that like, I don't know. I still haven't heard of, I still, I mean, I still haven't heard of anybody other than you really, I know that there are other people doing stuff. Um, but, uh, but you're the one that really rose to the top in terms of, um, you know, just uh, the, the consistency and the quality of your content. And, um, you know, even if people are, you know, used to you now, if anything, like, I feel like, you know, uh, like basically in the content creation realm, it's, uh, it goes one of two ways. It's either like somebody's really good and they stand the test of time, uh, and people stick with them and they continue to grow or, it's like uh, everybody hops to the next new thing because they get bored of the old one. Right. Um, right. And uh, and so, I mean, I think that uh, I think that you the fact that you're still growing is, is a very good thing and an indication that you are doing uh, good work. The fact that you're still passionate about it, and you still have so many ideas mm-hmm. um, like uh, I, I personally wouldn't be worried for you uh, that uh, oh. that like you're not doing it. That you're that, like, oh, it's just because people are used to me like. You know, people, if people are used to you, uh, sometimes that means they, they get bored and they just leave, you know, uh, something has to get them to come back every single week. Right. So, uh, you're doing something right. I I think there was a certain also, like I had been involved in this survivor big brother community for eight years before I started doing this, like, like consistently weekend and week out. Um, so I kind of knew based on just like my own observations that there was a lot, there's a lot of like passion. There's a big community or somewhat big community, big enough to sustain it. And like, if there isn't, well, Hey, it was fun. I did it for a year, whatever, like it is what it is. And I just made some videos. And if there is something big, like even better, cause then I can, if there's something there that I can tap into and consistently work on over the years, I'm like, that's also hope. Like I hope for the best, but if there isn't like no loss, like I'm I, I, the first year I didn't make any money anyway. And I was there strictly just cause I was like, you know, maybe this is a fun Avenue to explore making content. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I had this idea, like there's a, there's a huge following of survivor fans, big brother fans. Uh, I've been in it for eight years before I made that. I think it'll hold up. I think there's an interest. Uh, I'm going to just test the waters and then see where it takes me. And there is, and there still is, you know, 42 seasons, even despite the nays, naysayers pop up every year, people doubting the show is it's consistent. I'm like, people have been doing that since like all stars one, like in 2004, mm-hmm. like it just, it's just noise. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, it can't, all good things can't last forever. Maybe it'll collapse in on itself. At some point it'll go away and who knows, but, uh, and that's definitely like the, that's the cataclysmic meteor that I don't like to acknowledge of like what happens when the show eventually is over. Yeah. You know, I know where it started. I, I, I was there, but you know, does the journey yellow brick road eventually ends and I don't know where, what that looks like, but either way. 
it is That's very it is very strange to have uh what is essentially your entire career rest on the work of other people yeah i feel <laughs> like know? i'm the little little fish attached to the big shark yeah yeah <laughs> exactly I'm just, I just, uh, owned that role and I'm like comfortably just, that's me. There's more to me than I'm not just that little fish, mm-hmm. but when it comes to, you know, what I do every day and day, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's a strange concept. Um, I don't know. I imagine there's a lot of people out there who are in similar situations. Uh, mm-hmm. people I see who create content strictly about a few stuff and, I mean, I mean, on some level, it's maybe you're in a similar boat. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's mostly. yeah, absolutely. That's, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those. I'm right there with you. That's what I was like from from a, the same exact uh, perspective. That's the thing is like, like if you think about it, it's not really that unique, right? Like no. a lot of people. Uh, also, like if you work for a company, you work in that company, but you don't really have control over how well the company's doing, and ultimately, the company could fail, and you could lose that job too. Uh, yep. So. Uh, I try to think of it that way where it's like, it's, it's not actually that weird or, or, it's, you know, right. scary. Right. I mean, my wife's company just, she's, she works for a company that just got bought out by another one. Yeah. And that's very like, it's very normal. It's, it's just a very regular process that happens. Companies absorb each other. Things change dramatically. Uh, sometimes on a dime and you get an email and you're like, Oh, where we go by a new name now. Oh, we have a whole mm-hmm. new company name and a whole new boss and blah, blah, blah. Uh, what does this mean? Benefits change. It's, you know, positions change. Uh, it's no, not too dissimilar. It's, it's just a slightly unique that it's like, it's a more of a 21st century version of it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, way. that's how I started podcasting is the, the company I work for it got bought out and then they shut it down. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yep. <laughs> On to yeah, something else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Um, so, so you've been putting out content consistently for a long time, uh, every week, like, how do you, how, what is your process? Do you make a video every week or do you make as many videos as you can, as often as you can, and then you bank them up? Uh, like, uh, like how do you keep consistent? So before I made my channel, I made 400 videos and I've just been coasting for five years. <laughs> That's, oh, the, that's the dream right <laughs> right i mean that's that's sort of something that i adopted last year which is like wait a minute if i work really hard i could theoretically like if if assuming everything works out week to week i could like sort of just chill for like the summer um that isn't really how it goes unfortunately it's a little bit more complicated than that mm-hmm. uh, uh so yeah. Uh, initially it was literally like day to day. Like I was scrambling for weeks, uh, from, for years, yeah. every single week I post the video on Wednesday, I was working late, th- late Tuesday night mm-hmm. into the night to guarantee everything was good to go. And like, uh, copyright claim checks are another fear. The sooner yeah. you can get the video up on YouTube, the sooner you can give it a pr- time to like soak in with the algorithm so that the uh, copyright ID system doesn't like, if it flags it, it either block it or, or at least demonetize it. And uh, you don't want either of those things, least of all blocking, but demonetizing sucks too, especially when you're doing it for a living. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, in order to be on top of this more, you definitely need to get, I need to get the content out sooner or make it sooner. um, Because it's like, there's more on the line now than there was at the beginning of my channel's lifespan where it was just like, video blocks that really like i really hated that mm-hmm. that was like a good week's worth of my time just they snapped their fingers and uh nobody gets to see it it's like nothing ever happened um and there's not much i can really do about it other than 
uh, a year later, re-edit it and re-release it, which I've done now with all the ones that got blocked, mm-hmm. just reintroduce it as updated content um, with like new information that has been gleaned in the last year or so um, and new takes. But like most, most of the span of my channel, it was simply create the video once a week, release it. Episode goes out that night, a uh, new survivor episode, let's say. Um, and I would get the idea for the next video from that episode. So I would take like the most relevant topic of that episode and create like a bigger idea out of it. Like if a crazy moment happened, where can I look at all the moments like that, that were similar in the history of the show. And I can't believe that I did that for so long. Cause that is like the last minute 11th hour planning. Uh, and I managed to do it for a while. I'm like, now I would never even think about doing that at some point. I think it was around 2019, 2020. I started fleshing out like months worth of content. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe also part of when I started taking it a little bit more seriously. It wasn't just a fun passion project. It was like, this could be a real thing if I really sit down and like iron out like a, a strategy and a plan. And I plan out months ahead of the time. And so like for 2020 with all stars, big brother, all stars too, I actually did do what I said. I, pl- I made three months worth of content ahead of time. And I literally took a whole month off and I just chilled. I watched the feeds like crazy. I was just engaged with the community and I was just doing other stuff on the side, um, did a little bit of traveling and stuff, but I'm like, wow, that was really interesting. I, I spent all of April, May and June just crunching day in and day out, like staying up late every single night, seven days a week, making sure that I had all these ideas. I did all the research. I took all the notes. Uh, I, I recorded the videos. I created like this giant list of, I have an, I have a key that I still use to this day that is color coded based on, um, how far along every video I have is. So it's like the video is either White, it's just an idea. Red is being researched. Orange, it's the script has been written. Yellow, audio is recorded. Blue, audio is edited. Purple, video is edited. Or green, video is complete, including the thumbnail. And I have a color-coded a rainbow right now that I'm looking at with uh, all the way up until the end of May of, of just different... I've got three videos I'm about to have done. Um, three more videos I've already written the script for, which is like the most difficult hurdle of the entire process, mm-hmm. I'd say is the script writing. Like the research takes a long time. The video editing takes a long time, but the script writing is when I have like this moment sigh of like, okay, we're over the hump of like the content. We've got the research. I've managed to break it down into layman's terms. I've been able to produce it in a way that's like entertaining or it's like a 2000, 3000 word paper. I can narrate it. Just got to like sort of go on autopilot now for the next 12, 15 hours of content and creating the content. Um, Whereas before that, it's very active. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. It's a, I could, I could dive into like the whole content creation process for a while, but um, it started out week to week, literally day to day. Like I would get a new idea with the latest episode and I'm like, this is really bad planning. Yeah. And then, it, and then it turned into like months worth of planning and, and that's where I'm at now. So I think that's way better mm-hmm. uh, for my, for my sanity. And, and for, I think for the content as well, it allows me to also improvise if I need to, because I don't know. I can move things around, slot them in and out of weeks. And I'm like, all right, this video is likely going to happen at the merge episode. And I'm going to make a video about the merge or some, something relevant to merge. And, uh, but then it's not the merge. They all of a sudden do the hourglass twist and I'm like, Oh shit, the merge episode isn't actually happening this week. Mm. Okay. Let's do something different. Switch it around. I don't know. So makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, so what, what had you been doing before, uh, all of this? <laughs> 
I worked as a marketer for an online data company, which is just the most boring thing to talk about. It is, yeah. it is dry, uh, <laughs> but data incredibly relevant. But man, is it boring to enter, to talk about to people who aren't in the data. And it was B2B, which is even less interesting because B2B is business to business mm. as opposed to B2C, business to consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, so like most companies you see are B2C, but then B2B are like, we, you, my, the company I worked for fueled the data to the companies that are trying to market to you. So we're like the guys in the background and we weren't even like, we weren't even the ones collecting the data. We just simply organized it, bundled it and packed. Like we were the middleman between like Microsoft <laughs> yeah. and like data collection companies out there who mm-hmm. would actually mine for your data on like those forms that you fill out that you have to sign and give away all your life information and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was just marketing it. I was in marketing at the time and it was a basic job. It, it wasn't terribly exciting before that. So yeah. actually, I mean, if, to, get, but to get into the real interesting stuff before that, uh, I had lived, I, after I graduated college, I was, I had never really traveled much in my life, never been abroad, went to Canada once to Halifax. I was really young. The best part about that was like, I got taken on a cruise and I just loved eating like free ice cream. Yeah. Like, that was my biggest thing. I remember that more than anything else. Mm. I'm like, I graduated college. I had never traveled. Uh, I wanted to do something different. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at the time. And I had, I had my degree, my bachelor's degree. Uh, I just said, you know what? I think I'm going to try to do something cheap that allows me to travel and just live elsewhere. I was really fixated, like similar to acting on this idea of living in another person's shoes. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? If I was, if I wasn't born on the East coast of the United States and grew up here, like, what would that look like? Like, what would it look like if I was born in the random, some other country somewhere and live that life, even though I'll never fully know, uh, I'll always be like this East coast American kid, but like, maybe I could go do something else for a little bit. I ended up moving to the Czech Republic. Wow. R- just random. Um, it was really was, like that was just completely random. There wasn't any. I, I blindsided my whole family. Nobody encouraged me. My family is not a group of travelers. Uh, we went to the beach for vacation nearby, like Ocean City, Maryland, and stuff. Bethany Beach. Uh, occasionally go to Duck, North Carolina, the Outer Banks. But yeah, nobody encouraged me to do it. I just said like I, I'm interested in just seeing what else is out there. I, I'm like I like where I'm at. It's comfortable, whatever. But like I'm more interested. I was in my early twenties. I'm, like, I'm way more interested in just, in just living different experiences that I couldn't even think of off the top of my head, like going bungee jumping in the Czech Republic or why, why the Czech Republic? Uh, the Czech Republic wasn't necessarily like the target. Like I could have thrown a dart at the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mostly trying to find a way like, all right, I need to be able to make a little bit of money while also doing this. Uh, so I ended up doing a lot of program searching for places to mm. potentially like say teach English as a language or something basic like that. Uh, and initially I was going to go to Japan, mm-hmm. even though I didn't have any particular interest, which I think is partially what got me to not go to Japan. Uh, there was this program called the jet program, which is pays pretty well considering what you do. You're like a backup uh, assistant teacher, mm-hmm. English teacher in a Japanese school. They paid you like 60 K in us dollars to do that. I was like, That's pretty good considering I, didn't know what I was up to. Um, this was back, this was almost 10 years ago. So I found a course online through a random blog and they went to the Czech Republic through this course called Oxford TEFL. They were located in either Spain, Czech Republic, the UK or India. And 
I was basically like, well, I'm not going to go to the UK because they already teach English. They know English, like that's their primary language. I don't know. It's like similar to the US. India, they're like, you can't live in India after you pass the course. You go to the course for about five weeks. You can't stay in India after you graduate from the course and get a certificate to teach English. So I'm like, well, I want to stay wherever I'm going to be spending those five weeks. And then it was between hot weather climate or cold weather climate. Mm. And I decided I'd prefer more of the cold weather at the time. Um, Also, I grew up with a couple of like au pairs or babysitters when I was a kid because I had a single mom Mm -hmm. and uh, my babysitters were all from the Czech Republic. This was in the early nineties when the, the the velvet revolution was happening in the Mm -hmm. Czech Republic, they were escaping communist Russia. And so they illegally came to the U S and babysat a couple of American kids. Mm. And uh, I had that somewhat, and I actually got to meet a couple of them again, 20 years later before I went to the Czech Republic and they hadn't seen me in a long time. And I was all grown up and they gave me all these tips and pointers and like a list of like how to translate the the Czech language when you get there. And uh, yeah, so I, I ended up just picking there and I heard lots of beautiful things about Prague. Mm. um, And it is probably my favorite city in the world. So I would love to go back. I haven't been back in almost 10 years, but yeah, that was why Prague, that was why Czech Republic came up. It was this one particular course offered it and uh, I just said, I'm going to do it. And then I ended up living there for a year. So, so what, what did, uh, what happened? Did you like, uh, was it a transformative <laughs> experience? Uh, maybe it did. That was just one step of the way towards eventually. Like, I will say that was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it transformed me cause I was still me there. And I still remember me just being me from before, but in Prague now. So <laughs> I was just kind of still the same kid who's a little quieter in the groups and hanging out and going around and just getting tugged left and right to go to these. I was in rave clubs in the middle of Prague <laughs> and three in the morning. Like what, what is happening? <laughs> uh, and it was, uh, it was an experience for sure. I don't know if I necessarily transformed or anything, but I did have a great time and uh, I would recommend it. I recommend it to all my, all my family and cousins who would just, I think I got a better appreciation of like who, it, what it means to like be where, where you're from, like what it meant mm-hmm. to be from the East coast. Cause that was the default for me. Yeah. So going and seeing, and I ended up getting into a large group of friends who were from the UK, they were from South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, uh, and also from the Czech Republic and other countries in the area. But the English speaking group was from all over the world. And like, I just remember the first time I got on an airplane and it had like German all over. And I was like, I've never experienced this before. Like that was really fascinating. It really brought in and then having the constant conversations about how English, American English is different from British English is different from Australian English or South African English, or even how, uh, like learning about the Czech culture. I got to go to a couple of Czech weddings and I would go teach business professionals in the middle of Prague. Like I, I ended up, uh, be befriending and I still am friends with him today, a journalist who worked for Forbes in Prague and he was going to the world cup and is just, he invited me to his wedding and it was just like a really cool experience to just meet all these really interesting, really friendly people from this tiny country that has its own currency. And it's, it's, it, it's English. They're really odd. They're very an outdoorsy group of people. They're really kept to themselves, but they're super nice, super friendly. Um, can't say enough good things about living in Prague. So I, I think if anything, I just gained like a, I definitely think that I gained a lot more sympathy and empathy and like a broader appeal of kindness to anyone because mm-hmm. I was able to just meet so many different people and just learn to 
just like respect who, who I am and also who they are and the differences between all of us. And I don't know. I just, I, I, just, some of my favorite conversations are just talking about our differences and why it doesn't really matter. Like it's all, it's all gravy. So yeah. Um, yeah. Is that, is that where you met your wife? It is. It is. Yeah. She was uh, doing a similar thing. Um, she was in a different headspace at the time. So her mom had just passed away mm-hmm. and she didn't know what she wanted to do with her life. So she came to Prague on the same course. Mm-hmm. Interestingly though, she came a month before me. So we actually didn't meet up right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ended up, she was rooming with this American girl who was in my course mm-hmm. and the same month. So she, she left, she went to Prague, did the course, thought it was okay. Went back to the UK, found that she didn't know what to do in the UK when she got back. So she came back to Prague again roomed with this American girl who was in my course. I was friends with her. I went over to my, her, my friend's house to hang out in Prague and she was there. And the really bad story is that my friend had two roommates that were both, one was my wife, my future wife. The other one was this American girl, this other American girl. And I ended up flirting with that girl first. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife knows this. And the one friend of mine was like, okay, I can tell you're interested in both of them. Like, I'm going to try and set you up. Like, who would you like to go on a date with first? <laughs> and I didn't pick my wife. <laughs> and it was so bad because I immediately realized this was a huge mistake. Once I got to know the first girl, I was like, oh no, 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 this is, and I just naturally, I remember just the first time realizing when I was talking to uh, my, my wife. Now I was talking to her for the first time in Prague and in, in my friend's uh, kitchen hangout space and we were just talking by ourselves and i was just like this girl is so cool mm-hmm. this is this is this is a person i really get like instantly just from one conversation um and it's one of the only times i've ever had that effect like just click mm-hmm. and so it just sort of stayed that way and it literally hasn't this was this was back in 2014 mm-hmm. yeah 20 2014 yeah 24 no 2013 so, I mean, we got married in 2015. We got married only after dating for a year and a half. Wow. And that was because of, mostly because of visa issues, but mm-hmm. we're still together seven years later and we're going to ride it out until the end. So, yeah. Well, yeah. so how did that work? Did you, did like, uh, like when you, I, I guess you, you met her fairly early on into being into the Czech Republic and then you were dating most of that year? Yeah. Um, we started dating, uh, it was Friday the 13th of December, 2013. And, uh, we met a couple months, we met around Halloween of that year, but we were at a bar with all the people going crazy people and just drink so much Mm -hmm. and water is more expensive than beer there. At least it was. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's more expensive than beer. Uh, so the beer is, and the the Czechs pride themselves on their beer. Mm -hmm. So you can get pretty good beer, or I would say really good beer. They would hate me for saying pretty good, uh, for very cheap. And there's lots of it to go around and they love to enjoy it. Uh, and I don't really remember meeting my wife. It was a Halloween party. (laughs) I didn't remember meeting her at the time. That is, it was really ridiculous. I went dressed as a Edward Snowden. Just to give you an idea of my personality or that was my, I can I see a name tag. Yeah. I had a, th- a little thinner face then, but still, uh, Edward Snowden, I wore the glasses. Hello. My name is censored. Mm. I was living in the Czech Republic. This is <laughs> a very, very topical costume, very timely costume. So, but uh, yeah, I met her then. And a couple months later we were dating and a year and a half later we were, uh, we were married. We ended up moving to the UK actually right after Prague. 
Okay. Um, and that's where I got my master's degree. And so I was like, I wanted to do that interestingly before I met her. I was mm-hmm. like, I think my next step is I want to pursue my further, further education, uh, go deeper. And I was considering potentially just living in the UK. Um, when I think about it, like that definitely explains who I am even today. Like I very much enjoy peace and solitude. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being the master of my own little domain, my own bubble and just thriving in it. And so I think of some hand of me wanting to move abroad and live abroad potentially forever was like, that was the first signs of it. And I moved to the UK with her and got my master's degree there. And we were going to live there as long as we could. It's just, uh, it's expensive and the, the pound is not, didn't, this is before Brexit, but mm-hmm. the pound is worth a lot more. And also just the UK in general is harder to emigrate to than the U S yeah. um, just a lot harder. So we ended up doing the opposite and coming to the U S with her. We didn't want to separate at all. And mm-hmm. So we ended up getting married and yeah, it's a lot. It's a cool story. <laughs> it's fun. It's been so much fun. I've been hopping around. Like we, my wife and I joke, we've never really lived too long in one place. Um, mm-hmm. We lived in Prague, the UK. We ended up moving to, this is so random. I don't think I've told anyone. We moved to Puerto Rico. No. <laughs> Sandra Diaz Twine is from there. I didn't get to say hi to her, but I wish I could have. Maybe if I had a little more pull like I do today, I could have, but either way. <laughs> You know, one of my all-time misses. I lived there for a little bit. Uh, I moved to, I live in the East Coast now, back somewhat close to where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, moved house uh, two years ago, right before COVID. And we've, this is the longest I've stayed in one place. It's been since the end of 2019. So wow. I've been with her for, my wife, for seven or eight years now. And we've only lived in one place for two years. That's the longest we've ever spent. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's crazy, but do you, do you think you're going to stay in that area now? Have you come full circle or is this just another step? You know, it's funny. We were just having a conversation yesterday <laughs> afternoon about like considering like, do we ever go anywhere else? Like maybe I'm like, but where do we go? Like, I don't know for sure. Um, I was listening to you talk to Tyson recently and he's like, it's kind of crazy. You can just kind of, I know you filmed this months ago, but he was just saying like, you can kind of just go wherever you want. Mm-hmm. If you really want it, like, you can tend like at least, especially you, if you're podcasting yeah. and your job is more mobile, you can kind of just do it if you really want it. And you know, he's like, we're going to Hawaii or, or Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I can kind of relate to that. And that's partially, I think what got me uh, thinking about it more. I was like where I live, the crime rate is kind of getting higher. Uh, yeah. I live close to Baltimore, which is mm-hmm. one of the biggest crime of the, the, any city in the country. Uh, so you hear about it a lot. I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't have to live here. I do have family in the area and they have slowly started congregating more closer to us because we're here, um, which would feel bad because if we moved, it would be like, like we were the first ones. And then my brother moved here. My sister moved to the area. My dad sort of moved to the area. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, if we leave, that would be kind of feel a little bit of guilt, but I don't know at the end of the day, we'll see. We don't really have any strong. I always wanted to live on the West coast, but I don't know. It's, I could see it, but I don't know if it'll happen anytime soon. So you gotta, you gotta try it. I've enjoyed it. Every time I've gone to the West coast, I've enjoyed myself. We recently went to Seattle. In mm-hmm. fact, I was listening to you talk to Kevin Martin. I was in Calgary when he was filming or doing that podcast with you. Ah. I didn't know. I didn't know Kevin lived in Calgary. And he was talking about that. He was like, yeah, I'm in Calgary. It's freezing. And I'm like, wait, he sees in Calgary. I'm like, Oh my God, it is so cold here. <laughs> like, 
it was like minus 30. You walk outside and you slowly, like you said, you slowly start feeling like you're dying. Yeah. (laughs) I legitimately thought I could die here in Calgary if I don't pay attention to my body temperature. Yeah. The health Uh, bar is getting low. You don't notice no flashing red. I'm like Zelda slowly losing a quarter (laughs) of my heart and I'm like not even realizing it. Uh, that was, that was, that was my experience in Calgary. It was cool. I would love it. Just interesting hearing, uh, you talk to Kevin about it, but yeah, I, I would love to go to California. I've always wanted to, I always joked growing up. I was so weird when I worked at the part-time as a teenager, I would tell people, I would just created characters and I would tell people that I actually was originally from California. Yeah. Cause I, people thought that I gave off like a California vibe, like, mm. bro, dude, we're going to like, Oh yeah, I'm from Cali, but I live on the East coast. Like, no, I've never even been to California in my life. I went to Europe before I went to California. Uh, but I always would tell people like, yeah, I went to uh, California. I used to live there. I'm going to go back, go to UCLA or something. Just create little random character. It was weird. I was a strange teenager. But. <laughs> it's uh you know i think i think most people are strange teenagers i think that's yeah think teenagers oh, sure. are strange mm-hmm. um but yeah i just uh you know it's i i've i've enjoyed it i've i've enjoyed the the experiment and uh i mean i don't know if i'm ever gonna leave so do you see yourself staying there for a while or is this just I mean, how, so I've listened to your doing a, the, the Taryn show from around New Year's, but I'm wondering mm-hmm. now we've got three months later, is it still, I guess not much has changed in those three months. Um, no, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just nice. Um, you know, I like, I, so I've gotten through the winter and, um, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not like hot in the winter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I had to put on like a hoodie most of the time, but Sounds pretty like, good. Yeah, that was it. And like, if as long as there's sun, you're good. Uh, and there's usually sun. And so, like, that was super nice just to like be able to exist. Like, I, I didn't want to like necessarily like, in fact, I tried uh, to go to the beach at one point. And I was like, no, this is a little, a little cold. Unless, because it was a little, it was a little too cloudy. Uh, and I was like, all right, I can't go to the beach in the winter all the time. But I did like spend Thanksgiving on the beach, which was nice. Uh, nice. And, um, you know, just being able to just like exist in, in, in a state of not being uncomfortable is really nice. And I also just like, I feel, I feel like the layout suits me. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've just never like, you know, I lived in cities for a long time and, uh, you know, I didn't grow up in a city, but I, you know, when I went to college and then I stayed in the city and, um, I, I feel like there's just not enough there for me. Like I, it's not, it's not like, uh, I like bigger stores and movie theaters and like, uh, like driving to places rather than, you know, uh, trying to you know, cram into small little, you know, whatever in the city. <laughs> I like having more space yeah. and there's a lot more space out here. It's weird. Cause like, um, I don't know when this will go away for me or if it ever will go away, but living here feels like I'm just permanently on vacation because there's like palm trees everywhere. And like, it's right. sunny. It's just like, <laughs> and so like I was in Puerto Rico and it's like constant nice. Yeah. Except yeah. For occasionally it gets a little too hot. I guess mm-hmm. you haven't been there fully in the summer in San Diego yet. Yeah. It, it can, it can get a little like the sun, the sun feels more intense here. I don't know why, uh, in the yeah. summer, especially though, like, uh, it can, it can get a little hot, but like not bad, especially if you're in a more coastal area here. Cause it's like mm-hmm. being on the coast keeps it, keeps it, uh, comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I had the same effect. I was like, it kind of feels like I shouldn't 
I don't know. I was just growing up on the East Coast. We just kind of like suffer through the cold and you suffer <laughs> through the, the, we get like, we had a tornado hit, hit our area a couple months ago. I was literally in it like crazy mm. enough, had to go in the median and drive the opposite direction. And I'm like, I never really got that living in nicer places in the, in the world. Um, I guess it just gets really hot sometimes and you get the beaches right there, which is really nice. I do think that I would ultimately enjoy probably living on the West coast more, but you know, oh, well, that's what it is. Yeah. Not there. It's tough. <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, some, sometimes you just got to try it. So, so what, like, uh, how do you see yeah, it's your future? I mean, it sounds like you're looking at, you know, like, do, do I want to stay here? Do I want to try other places? Um, you're also, you also talked about like, um, you know, the, the YouTube thing, don't know how long it will last. Uh, so do you just kind of look at it like, uh, I don't know, this is nice and we'll see how long it goes. Or are you kind of like looking for something more in the future? You know, I think it's mostly, this is nice. Let's see how long we can write it out. But there is an element of like, I want to make sure that what I'm doing now, I learn as my, like I try to generally learn something new every day or every week Mm -hmm. that I haven't known the previous week about what I do. Cause I spend so much time. I might as well just not post, but like try to improve in some little way, whether it's just a small little editing trick or something bigger. Um, And so I do think I've been able to do that because I do think if I were to do something more than this, I would probably jump into more of a a video editing role beyond Mm -hmm. YouTube videos. I don't know what that looks like for sure, but I do know that I'm capable of, of doing what I do. And if I can run social media, I could do something else. I don't know for sure yet, but for the most part, like it is as long as survivors around, I'm going to be around as long as being brothers around, I'm going to, I plan to be around um, as long as like the CBS gods don't, you know, lay the band hammer on me and decide to get vicious or something. I don't, I don't ruffle too many feathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, you know, allow me to do this, I guess. Uh, which I think is happening. I think they're okay with everything. So I mean, they should be like, you know, I I feel like your kind of content, our kind of content. I mean, honestly, they should, they should be more mad at at me. uh, Cause like uh, a lot of people are like, Oh, well I can just watch the podcast and not watch the episodes. Whereas like with you, uh, I'm going like, to do that. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to listen to just with Karen or the live feed update or the latest round table to get my digest. If yeah. I feel like it, but like, with, I feel that. like your content encourages people to get into the show and like, why? And, and, you know, I think you know, the same is true of the podcast to some degree as well, but, uh, yeah. but like, uh, like it's, it's the kind of stuff that you talk about that makes me interested in the show in the first place. And, uh, I like, I like the fact that your stuff exists. It's, it's a great place to like point to people to be like, no, see, there's like, there's genuine interesting stuff to come from this, this show. Uh, and I feel like you're, it's like, it's a great thing for the show to have content like yours. I mean, that's partially when I, when I get those copyright claims, especially when they want to block me, I write up a paragraph and try to do my best to plead like how altruistic all this is. And it's good. (laughs) We're all winners in the end. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta trust me on this one, guys. I know your social like survivor social media game is so bad. (laughs) So is big brothers. I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, 
thank you because you're making it look easy for me. But on the other hand, I'm like, guys, it's not like who you who you got running over there. Like you can't. There's unta- like I can uh, I can tap into it and I do so so well for the most part. And I'm like, you guys are just sitting on a gold mine and you're just not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I don't get I get it. It's you know it is what it is. They seem to be fine. They make way more anyway doing what they're doing. So I'm not going to complain too much. Um, but yeah, I'm like, look, I've had so many people reach out to me and say over the last five years, like I got into these shows because of you mm-hmm. or, or I found one of your videos and it encouraged me to like, want to know more. Cause I didn't understand it all. And I yep. went and I watched and I binged it. I've had like more people than you might think, even more people than I didn't, I ever anticipated telling me like, they leave comments or they DM me just saying, thank you. Thank you. And I'm like, that's really like, that's a huge boon to like, sometimes you get negative comments or you get criticism, uh, whether justified or not. And, you know, sometimes that overweighs the positivity of it all. But I'm like, that's so cool to see. Like part of the reason I've done these hack videos, I've done seven of them now is because they do incredibly well and they bring a lot of people to the show, or at least I like to think they bring a lot. I get a lot. Mm -hmm. That's the number one topic I get most people saying they watch the video and they're like, I want to see more about what's going on. Like I want to see the bigger context. Um, so I don't know. I think like, there's no, I'm not replacing the content anyway. It's like me basically pitching to CBS, like, please guys, I'm (laughs) not replacing your content in literally any way. Uh, I, I hope not. Maybe a handful of people would prefer to watch me over the episode, but I doubt it. I certainly wouldn't like, I love the show more than like, I love what I do, but the show is the show. And you know, I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me a little bit, but I will, I will occasionally try to keep my, my, like my earnest and honest feelings about what's going on. If I don't like something, I will voice that as best I can in the most eloquent way possible. So I don't, I don't want to piss the higher ups off. Mm-hmm. They have once given me a copyright strike. That was devastating. I was like, three of those and you're out like your mm-hmm. channel goes down. I'm like, Oh my God, I got one. Yeah. Um, I appealed it and the next day they took it back. And mm-hmm. I learned that copyright strikes are done manually and they have to send something to YouTube to have that video removed. And strangely they took it down right away, which I don't know what happened crossed wires, but that was like a huge, that was another big moment for me. I'm like, Oh my, like I can actually, reverse the, the curse, you know, of, <laughs> of the of smash this, the hourglass. I can smash. Yeah. I can literally smash the hourglass, um, just appeal to their like kinder side. And they took it back. Like that was all manual. That was not an algorithm or a bot or whatever. Mm-hmm. So to see that gave me a lot of encouragement. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, but as far as the future goes, they're just sort of winging it and hoping for the best. And uh, I wouldn't even say I'm planning for the worst yet, but you know, maybe one day. Yeah. I don't know. Something I've been curious about as an editor or at least, you know, previously an editor, uh, when it comes to the B roll, Mm -hmm. what's your process? Uh, like, do you have, I imagine, I think what I, I mean, I imagine like you have all of the episodes of big brother and survivor like stored somewhere, like organized in a way. Yeah. Multiple hard drives. Yeah. Um, like, do you, I imagine at this point, like years in, you, you're you at a point probably where you're writing a script and you have certain scenes in mind already. Uh, but like, what what was it like developing that process? Like, did, did you, do you have like, uh, like scenes that you already, like you have ready to go now that like uh, are organized in different like themes? Like, uh, as far as B-roll goes, I think a, 
I don't have any particular like organization, like literal organization for B-roll footage, but mm. that is easily like the magic trick. People are like, how do you avoid copyright? I'm like, just replace the B-roll with other B-roll from the show <laughs> and they won't catch you because the show, the algorithm bot looks for sequence of like from the episode one to one. So that's mm. the trick. You're wondering like, how do you have like the, like they don't even seem to go for audio very much. Interestingly. Um, I've wondered I, about I, that. Yeah. I, people, I had somebody recently reach out to me and ask about copyright because uh, people love, want to upload videos or do something, but they're like, you know, copyright. And absolutely, most of my time has been either researching or trying to avoid copyright mm-hmm. uh, by far. Like, and I think copyright probably takes the most time out of my schedule, the, of, out of the whole process, week to week, video to video. Um, because every video, every clip of every video I have is, it started at around less than 25 seconds per clip. Mm-hmm. It has now been reduced to around 10 seconds per clip. So if you get a 15 minute video, if you just do the basic math at, at a minimum, what is that? Like, uh, you're going to get at least six clips per minute yep. times that by 15. But even then that's like, that's, that would be a lazy job. So mm-hmm. that is very time consuming to have constant the hardest part for me is actually editing. Like uh, if I ever have to include like a long speech at like a nomination ceremony or something, mm-hmm. cause there's not much B roll for nomination ceremonies. <laughs> so it's hard to like not make it look jarring. Um, but uh, the, the process has been, yeah, I, I have a long, like as I've gotten into it, like I've rewatched so many seasons of the show that I have such a strong memory of almost every season of every, of every, of both shows Mm -hmm. uh, that I can recall. If you bring up a topic, I can usually like think of something and I remember it. Like I was just before we talked today, looking for one clip for this video. It's the last clip I needed to finish this 22 minute video I was putting together. And it was of, I was talking about uh, the topic was the seasons of survivor that have changed the game the most and diving into what exactly was the, what were the seasons and why? And I wanted this clip of Stephen Fishback saying uh, something about how the game has evolved, mm-hmm. like strategy, the evolution of strategy yeah. or whatever at Cambodia. And I'm like, that is such like a on the nose clip. I need it. And I know he said it somewhere and I found it in the first go. It was like, I think it's the merge tribal council of Cambodia. And it was. And so a lot of it is like, I know of these clips just by having memories of watching them and remembering the conversation around them from years ago and rewatching it, uh, rewatching it with my wife. She's never seen a lot of the seasons. So I rewatch it with her and it refreshes my memory. Um, I don't know. I'm just able to compartmentalize a lot of the seasons by seasons. Also compare it to like the day and the year of when I watched them, what it was like at that time. I remember it pretty well. I don't know if that's like, I don't think it's, I don't, think it's like photographic memory like that i just have a strong sense of remembering i call it like my rolodex of mm-hmm. survivor clips um i can just extract one i will say one thing i'd like to do more is try to remember it better so that i can incorporate it into the script yeah. i do occasionally incorporate it a lot of the times i'm more i have the notes the research and i take all of that and write up the script without the clips in mind and then i'll add the clips in after occasionally i'll like find something that as i'm editing I'll be like, oh, I should add a couple of me, a couple, like a line or two of me introducing the clip or saying something to seamlessly transition into it. So I'll do that occasionally. Um, it's it's like a random hodgepodge of as far as the process goes. But yeah, I mean, B-roll is all over the place. B-roll is honestly like the saving grace for copyright. If you want to like ever make any money on a YouTube video when it comes to at least Survivor Big Brother, I don't know what it's like for the other shows, but like take advantage of all the B-roll footage because there's a lot of B-roll footage in Survivor Big Brother. And anyway, yeah. Yeah. 
No, yeah, because uh, I I made a few videos on um, the Wheel of Time, and I I think mm-hmm. I think it was like um, it, there was a certain length I don't remember what it was where I noticed that like okay I included a clip with audio that was or not I know you know what it wasn't with audio it was it was just a, a an uninterrupted clip from the show that was too long and that got mm-hmm. like uh, like oh this is a warning and I was like okay I'll just cut that down. Um, yeah. And so it's trial, it was yeah. trial and error for me. Mm-hmm. I took a good year of trial and error to finally get to a comfortable spot where like I haven't received a copyright claim in a while, many, many months of uploading. Um, occasionally I will say Sony started giving me audio copyrights, which is very annoying. And it was mm-hmm. really just for survivor all-stars. So now I'm like very wary to include all-star uh, audio <laughs> footage. They would get it for the audio. It wasn't even the video. Weird, And it was always background music at challenges, which is mm. annoying because I have found a lot of these hacks are from all-star seasons. Like I had one yeah. recently with Shean on all-stars and I was like, how do I, I'm like, I don't want to put the video up, accrue a lot of views and then get a copyright claim like two hours later mm-hmm. and then have to like argue battle with Sony. Sony will not respond, but they will wait out the clock for 30 days to Ugh. like drop the copyright. So I'm like, and then, it, and then what they do is they check on like day 29 and then they refresh the copyright. So I have to yeah. wait another 30 days. And at one point I put them, I pushed them so hard. I was like, the ball's in your court. If you want to sue me, go for it. And they didn't. <laughs> and they dropped the copyright claim. So I'm like, now I can kind of know what I, how far I can push it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of nice, I guess. But uh, just sort of testing the water again, a little bit risky there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I feel this way sometimes. Like, uh, just, man, wouldn't it be great if you just had the, the raw raw footage of the it would be easy just, just, oh, it would, it would, just cut that music right out i i think uh i think yeah i would be able to produce more videos if i didn't spend so much time having to avoid copyright mm-hmm. like maybe i should reach out to cbs and like get into a contract where they just whitelist me from their copyright bot and let me do whatever give me free reign obviously they're gonna want to coach i don't know but I mean, I, I just like, <laughs> I feel like, um, I feel like that's even that's difficult, like, because, because yeah. of how like automated it is. I remember, I think it might've been like Mike Shinoda or something, uh, who started streaming on Twitch. Uh, and he was like, people were like, oh, this is great. Like you can, you can stream Lincoln Park music. Uh, and he was like, no, I can't. You can't, yeah. There's nothing I can do. Uh, like, uh, even if you own the, even if you own the rights to the music, like if it's on the list, unless you don't strike anybody, it strikes everybody. Um, yep. And, uh, and you then have to just like manually, uh, you know, shift it in the other direction. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's rough stuff. I feel like I've been pretty lucky so far. I've only had a couple of videos blocked ever. And, um, those are definitely some of the low points of my days. Or if I get mm-hmm. a copyright claim, it's the worst email I'll ever get is I know exactly what it looks like. And I'm like, Oh no. Like all the people who know who make these survivor YouTubers, uh, I've had conversations with them and it's like, yeah, that's, I'll contact them and be like, how's it going with the copyrights? Like, is everything mm-hmm. okay? And give them an update. They'll, they'll give me an update. So. Well, yeah. I guess it's kind of like, uh, like get, getting a demerit at work, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. you just like, you call to the manager's office or something like, uh, all right, we caught you. I don't know. It's, and most of it's not even, it's like an AI. It's just, an, it's just a yeah. ID. It's just an ID system that doesn't really know what's happening, uh, which is even worse. Cause I'm like, I can't even appeal to any sensibility or anything mm-hmm. like that. And when I have, it's generally it's, it's worked out. So it's unfortunate, but I, I get it. There's probably so much out there. Mm-hmm. But it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, it's very weird. 
Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks for doing this with me. This is fun. This is really fun. Uh, yeah, I'm thankful. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I know it was a couple months ago you reached out and I said, absolutely. I'd love to sit down and talk. And like I, I said this, we said this last time we talked with Survivor, but like we, we spend so much time interacting, but mm-hmm. um, with the whole Goose Goose Duck stuff. And yeah, yeah. I've, I've met a lot of people through that, but I also mm-hmm. haven't. Yep. Because I don't actually know them that well. I know their name. I know mm-hmm. their voice when they're lying to me. Yeah, right. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell really well if I meet them in real life when they might be like giving me a white lie. Mm. Maybe. Uh, some of them are pretty good still. I can't figure it out. But yeah, it's it's been awesome like getting to know you and then, you know, I, talking to you about Survivor, Big Brother or just whatever. Uh, it's 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 cool. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, even like, like even just podcasting with people, it's, it's tough sometimes. Cause like you have a little bit of time before and after the podcast where you'll, where you'll, where you'll chat. Um, but it's also like, uh, you know, like you can't really do too much before. And then after you're kind of, you're kind of tired, you're kind of exhausted. You don't want to be like sitting there forever most of the time. Uh, so there's not usually like a ton yeah. of opportunity to like get to know people too well. Um, even though you spend so much time talking to them. Uh, which is, you know, again, part of why I like doing, you know, this podcast, cause it's, it's just a good excuse to be like, you know, Hey, let's just jump on a call and chat for a while. Yeah. I completely, I thought I was like, this is a great idea. Um, and I, I've listened to a bunch of your previous interviews and I've always enjoyed them. Uh, it's really interesting to hear where all these different people, especially cause they're all sort of in this similar community of mm-hmm. the RCV stuff. And, and I've, I can recognize almost all their names. It's really fascinating to listen to, you know, like, to talk more than just the uh, surface level uh, goose goose duck among us yeah. video game, you know, banter, which I love. I think I find that very fun too. I keep coming back to it cause it's so much fun, but mm. um, it's really interesting to hear like who the people are behind the, behind the avatars and behind the logos and behind even the voices to some extent. Uh, cause you get to see, you get to hear them talk about things more than if you're interested, you get to hear them talk about things more than just, uh, what's on the live feeds or what's happening in the latest episode or what their thoughts are and the strategy. Like what are their thoughts on their actual life and, mm-hmm. and their actual living situation and like their future and their past and who knows whatever else. Um, yeah. Uh, I, w- I wanted to say though, if, if you're ever playing, I'm a huge video game player and I know you play games. Yes. So in the, I know you've said in the past that like, you don't, if you, your door is always open, if yeah. people are interested. So I'm like, at some point, I think I'm currently in the middle of like crunching again for the next few months to get these videos ready, but I'm going to mm-hmm. stop and assuming just in the future. I'm always like, if you ever have any multiplayer games that you're playing, you're like, I, I'm always available. Yeah, I'm always around. I love. I'm currently trying to get through with the sequel to Horizon. I'm gonna pop on to Elden Ring after that because I'm looking forward to it. I, I love. I've, I've been playing Elden Ring a lot. I've heard it. I know it looks really good. I've been watching it's, some people it's very on Twitch. Good. I can't. I can't play it online though because because uh, I have to use a thing to let my ultra wide uh, to like have the ultra wide support. Oh, okay. system. I mean, I can't like if, if I was like, uh, if I knew I had someone to play with though, I could probably just switch it to my other monitor and not run the ultra wide thing. What, but, what do you, uh, what, what are you playing it on PC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. It's great. It's great it. though. It's, it's really like, um, it's totally grabbed me. What I've been doing is I've been playing Elden Ring and watching back our old, uh, like among us and goose goose duck streams. Um, and then like when, when, a, when a round like stands out to me as particularly entertaining, I pop it in premiere and I just edit it together and I've edited like a ton of them. Uh, and I, <laughs> I want to release them, uh, at some point. 
Uh, Wait, what, you're editing the like Goose Goose Duck rounds? Yeah, yeah. For what? Like, what's what are you doing with that? I don't know. I'll just put them up on my YouTube channel. Uh, like, oh, cool. Okay. I, I figured like I'd put out like a, like, like, a round a day or something at some point. Um, okay. And I feel like there are a couple of like fun things we could do. I could do too. Like, uh, like so far, it's I started out putting like like grabbing clips of like, oh, I'll put this in a montage. But then eventually I was like, okay, that's just way too much work. I'm just going to do rounds for now. Um, mm-hmm. But like, there are definitely like, montages of uh, like Scally killing me or uh, like Puya Sussing Kirsten, like, like things that happen like all the time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but though, yeah, there's, it, there've been some good ones and I've been enjoying watching them back. Um, and also like, I was telling him on this the other day, like I have this thing uh, where um, and I always had this as an editor where when you edit something, you get so familiar with the material um, and, and like the actors or what, whatever else, like the, the people in the thing that you're editing. Um, mm. And so like, I'll be watching these things and editing these clips. And then like, I jump on a call with you or Amon or somebody and I'm like, uh, oh yeah, I was just chatting with you. The, oh no, that was just me watching the thing. Just listening uh, that to was, you talk. Yeah. That was just me like <laughs> editing the same clip of you over and over. Um, and I, I mean, I, it is, in, that's a concept. Like I listen to these podcasts with all of you guys and then I mm. jump on and I hear your voices like, you know, the very next day. And it's, it's always a interesting being sucked into the podcast or something into that, you know, a different universe. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's also, it's also funny, like, because I feel like I, I'm sure, I'm sure you get this too. Cause you don't, you don't really show your face in your videos. Uh, so like people know your voice, but not necessarily, uh, they don't necessarily connect it to your face. And like, for me, it's like, uh, like the, uh, you know, I've obviously seen your face plenty of times, but more often I've seen your voice associated with, uh, like a, a goose or, uh, a little among us <laughs> character. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so like there's always like a period of adjustment where it's like uh, okay this is this is like uh this is the guy this, he's not a goose it's, no not yet <laughs> although my last name is pretty close to goose that's, that's I, was, I was i was called goose boy as a nickname growing up oh boy so there you go yeah was that yeah, was I that a, a an accepted nickname or one you didn't care for uh i was sort of indifferent to it it was like like the people who called me that I wasn't friends with, but it was also like, whatever, like it's yeah. not that big of a deal. So whatever. And it's kind of stopped after a year or so anyway, mm-hmm. but it was just cause my name was is Geist and it looks like geese or goose. So, mm-hmm. um, I had a lot of nicknames growing up. Like my name is Billy, but my real name is Brian, but I also have my name. Billy was derived from my middle name, William. Mm-hmm. So like going by Peridium isn't a big deal at all. It's just, uh, it's just another name out there people have called me all kinds of, they've even touched on the fact that like I have, I go by Billy. So if you know me, you call me Billy. If you don't know me, like, like a teacher or a doctor, you're going to call me Brian or Uber driver or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and yeah. So like going back to the first question of like, who is Peridium? (laughs) I don't know. It's just another name. It's just another name out there. It's, uh, it, it, it's just one of the long list of nicknames I've had, including goose boy at some point. So, well, I mean, you said you, you were always fascinated with the idea of like, uh, you know, being a character, right? Like, uh, like stepping into somebody else's shoes. Yeah. A little bit, just experiencing life beyond what I have. And then as best you can, it's, it's a fascinating concept, but it's just like, wow, I got, you know, uh, in some ways lucky in some ways unlucky to be who I am. And I'm like, well, what would it have been like if I was anyone else? I'll never know. That's something yeah. I'll never, I mean, unless something more out there, but still mm. I'll probably never get to know that. And that's a, just a fascinating concept that, that gripped me for a while. Um, but oh well. oh, well, never know. 
But yeah, no, thank you for this. It was fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for doing it. Uh, make sure uh, if anyone listening, uh, if you have not already checked out Perdium's YouTube channel, make sure you do so. Uh, is there anything else that uh, you're doing or that you want people to check out? Um, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty much been the same tempo for the past five years. Just YouTube videos every week. Survivor, Big Brother. Uh, I you still streaming started. on Twitch at all? You know, I haven't been and I keep waiting for an excuse to get back um, partially because my computer started to really break down at the end of last year. Mm. And like my friend helped me build it, who knows a lot more about computers than I do. And it's it's a beast of a computer. But the also downside is like he, he gave me the fish. He didn't teach me how to fish. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. And I'm like, I need to keep on tab. I need to be on best terms with you because I don't know. What, and so like it, at one point I started breaking and he had to come over, but I had to wait a little bit. So my computer, I was like, I don't, I need my computer to work. I don't know if streaming on Twitch isn't a vital recipe, part of the recipe. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to stop that for now. Focus on just getting the bare minimum done. Uh, I recently got it fixed. Um, I don't know. I love YouTube more than Twitch. Twitch is fun, but I, I'm fine with being more of a passenger than a pilot. Yeah. I might get back on the Twitch at some point if I feel like I have more that I want to talk about. But right now, I'm just sort of investing all my time into the, the YouTube videos, getting ahead of schedule. I'm also now disseminating, I created a clips channel where I'm mm-hmm. taking basically the work I've already been doing for my actual videos and just taking clips of what I'm doing. Either it's my voice or it's just an edited clip from the, uh, from my video itself mm-hmm. um, and, and uploading that to a different YouTube channel for people to enjoy. Cause I know that there's a lot of people there who just like to watch like a 30 second clip from the show, uh, but it's edited. It's all edited. It's, it's all copyright safe mm. because it's actually from my main channel. Um, and then also I started doing it on TikTok, So that's one other thing, like, I guess if you're on TikTok, all all four of you out there, you can follow me on TikTok. But <laughs> that's a weird platform that I just recently jumped on not long ago, and it's uh, it's interesting. I, I found somebody was uh, uh, stealing my content and oh. uploading it, um, just straight up ripping an entire video and uploading it like in ten parts. And I was like, and they were getting crazy views, like a yeah. million views per wow. clip. Yeah. And I was like, okay, uh, yeah. First of all, I don't like that you're stealing my content, but also you're doing really well. Like, it's like <laughs> crap. <laughs> like, okay, I think I should be doing that then. Why am that's like just telling me, okay, I need to do something. So uh, I recently have been doing that and I'm gonna hopefully keep juggling that one too. So but otherwise just YouTube, nothing else. All right. Well, uh, thank you again. Thank you. I appreciate it. And there you go. That was Peridium. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast listening to this conversation i hope you found it interesting i i've had a, I had a lot of questions about the the youtube game and uh and how peridium got to start and i feel like uh, we, all, we got to know him a little better we got to know who peridium really is so thank you so much for joining me make sure you of course find me over on twitch twitch.tv slash taren armstrong check out all the big brother coverage we're doing survivor as well i'm sure peridium will be getting on another one of these survivor Stockwatch podcasts make sure you check that out when it happens and you can also find me on twitter at armstrong taren thank you so much once again for joining me here on the taren show and i will see you next time it's the taren show